Hello and welcome back to Sorry to Get Back on Topic, on the topic of foundation again. <laughs> and uh, talking about episode three tonight. Well, recording at night. I don't know when you're listening. And I've got more guests this time. I'll, I'll let them introduce each other. But um, but yeah, we've got our recurring co-host, Alex, and, uh, and some others. So, hello. Alex, do you want to say hello first? Hi. I'm here. At least now I hear my baby crying. So I hope I'll be here the whole time. We'll see. <laughs> you can always mute and run away and we'll never know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I might have to do that. Yeah. And we also have Mike. How's it going? This is Mike. I, we're using the Zencaster site and my mind immediately wanted to just do the intro to my own podcast. So I had to resist it. I really had to resist it. <laughs> well, uh, you can you can tell people what podcast you're you're normally on. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, it's the I Read Comic Books podcast. Uh, we talk about comics every week. Uh, we just hit episode 300, which marks six years of our show or more wow. than six years of our show. Um, wow. And yeah, so I, I do a lot of podcasting. So not not unfamiliar to the microphone on the internet. That's awesome. And now for another podcasting pro, we have Lul. <laughs> uh, you can uh, say I'm a, an impressed podcaster listener. Yeah, so I have no... Uh, <laughs> Temptations getting from Zencaster about talking about my own podcast. This is my first time on one, but happy to be here. Awesome. Great. Yeah, I know Lul from work, and we've talked a few times about Foundation. He, it turns out he's a big fan of the books and also excited about the TV show, right? Yeah, yeah. Love the books. One of my favorites. So excited to see what you guys talk about today. Yeah, uh, Mike and, and some other friends, uh, we listened to the books, or listened, <laughs> I'm thinking of Audible too much. We read the books uh, back in the day as like a little book club. Um, so yeah, it's pretty exciting to see this TV show come to life. Um, now, if there was a podcast of that, I'd love to have a listen. If only. It's so funny, like back in the day when we were doing that, like given the group and how we all met and how we all became friends... Uh, we, well, I don't know why we didn't record a podcast because we met because of podcasting in the first place way back in like 2007 when podcasting was still a new thing and Apple was totally co-opting it. They're like, you can go into GarageBand and record your own podcast. And then years later, we, we all read Foundation. It's like, why didn't we record those conversations? I don't remember if it was we got on a phone call or if we text chatted. I couldn't I honestly can't remember the conversations we had about it. But um, man, if only. Yeah, it, that that would have been pretty smart, and we could kind of play it back now. But oh well, <laughs> um, I you know it's funny. Every episode, I'm like, oh, I should rewatch the episode before I start talking about it. And this time, I finally did. So I don't nice. know about you guys, but it's it's a little bit fresher on my mind. Um, and uh, just to kind of like recap, so th this episode is called "The Mathematician's Ghost," uh, kind of referring to. Uh, you know, Harry Seldon and, you know, what's happening on the foundation, uh, you know, after his death and after the colonists have landed and started to get settled a little bit. Um, but another big portion of the episode was around Cleon and the whole cloning business. And we kind of get the inside scoop into how that worked, which was like, I don't, think any of that happened in the books uh but i'm fine with that like this is a really interesting like concept to explore as well so what, what did you yeah guys it's nice it doesn't interrupt the the flow of things really at all i mean it lets you attach yourself to some characters and it lets us keep pace without disrupting <laughs> disrupting the main story yeah yeah 
The thing, I mean, the thing that really got me about this episode is every time they would talk about Trantor or they would talk about uh, Terminus or anything, I just wanted to, I was trying to pick details out of my brain from the books, but by changing the direction of like focus in this whole story, uh, especially in this episode, to be about Cleon and and everything that was happening with the cloning and stuff and like to see this aging process and I mean shit the thing that they they fixed the problem that I had with the show from the get-go which is that it was going too slow in the fat in the sense of time right like they did a flash forward in this episode 19 years and I was like okay so I think I understand kind of what the show is doing they're they're trying to move the pace similar to the books um, but they're also kind of ducking to the left and telling these little side stories about, uh, you know, Cleon and what actually is happening with it. I found that to be the most fascinating part of the show so far. I know that it has nothing to do with what Foundation is as a whole series and stuff. But if we're going to focus in on something, I'm glad that they found something extremely interesting uh, to focus on, especially for this episode. Yeah, I think you're you're right. Like there is no like in the Foundation book. The, the first one, there is no like time really spent in the galactic center, right? It's, it all kind of happens. Yeah, not that I can remember. They they, they yeah. kind of refer to it. They describe, I remember they described Trantor, the planet, and they kind of like set the scene of, oh, it's this big sprawling empire that's going to collapse. But, um, but yeah, there's no like actual narrative going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it was I mean, I agree though. That 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 opening like 10-15 minutes of the of this episode is like one of my favorites so far with whole like brother dusk going through his motions of <gasps> what is it? Oh. Ascension, I guess is what they call it. That was that was I love awesome. the name. I loved every moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really interesting and like yeah, it is cool to get some more stuff from the actual empire that you're not getting in the books. Kind of adds to the lore in that way. Um, one of the criticisms I made last week with Rob that I think still kind of holds true is that like they could save some of the turmoil and actually they should have done, I think they should have done this Ascension thing like maybe earlier and like done the Starbridge collapsing later because it's like, you know, Selden like prophesizes the empire is going to collapse. And the very next thing that happens is like this huge, like a symbol of the empire collapses. It's like, it's like a little too much like on the head to me. It would have been like cooler if they like kind of, built that tension yeah. a little bit like sure you know is Selden mm. full of crap especially because he died in, in the second episode like oh is this going to go in like a totally different direction now was that just like some kind of uh, like faux plot point that now like it's not actually what the story is about if you hadn't read the books you know um and i was talking about like it would have been great material for like episode seven like we go back and now the empire is starting to decay and there's these like these terrorist attacks happening and things are starting to fall apart sure um of course, you got to have the the shock and awe, like in the first episode, to to keep people, I think, interested, and probably why it was there. But, but yeah, no, this development was great, <laughs> and it gives you so much more context. Like, I'm always one of these people who's like, oh, I wish they would just like. Actually, I want the the show to run slowly. I want it to give me like all the details, kind of like the book does. <laughs> Slow, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I don't mind that. I know like a lot of people don't consume TV that way, but I'm like, oh yeah, they should have like really built the tension up for like six or seven episodes. And then had all this like stuff happen, you know, and, and you can learn about like what the empire is. You can grow attached to it in some way, like understand True. what it is as an institution before it starts to crumble. Um, See, I, yeah. I, I almost uh, go ahead, Leo. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say the interesting thing about this so far is like in the three episodes, 
there seems to be like, especially this one, a lot of time jumps. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, it's, it's interesting. Maybe they are putting the argument you just had like in reverse. It's like, no, we're just going to have a very non-chronological story that we're going to tell and you got to piece it together. Yeah. I, I almost, I almost feel like I, I, I agree with you, uh, Alex, because, you know, I listened to that last week's episode and I, I couldn't help but think like, yeah, like it would have been great to build all this tension. But I think that the representation of like the government and seeing it fall and watching it fall, like you can get that from a million other shows. I think like you watch Game of Thrones where you watch this like huge world that's supposedly thriving and doing super well. And then you watch it kind of deconstruct itself over time as all the bullshit happens in something like that. And that's that's like one one example that I could think of. But as far as this one is concerned, I think striking a blow from the get-go and having that uncertainty be out exist throughout the whole season kind of puts into question like okay so one thing happened that doesn't mean that the entire empire is going to collapse um but as soon as we start to see more and more of those things and i think we're going to see it from lee pace's character as he continues to play the grown-up versions of you know brother day um as he loses hold on the empire i think it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting versus like having everything be fine for a whole season and then see it collapse. I think that might've been almost too slow for the pace that I feel like this show is going for having not seen episode four or five or whatever's out. Um, still, I, I'm, I fingers crossed that that's, that's the mo that's the, the way that they're going with things. Yeah. And uh, something I'm, I'm again, like, I don't know how fair it is to keep pulling from the books because those are also kind of recent in my mind, but, um, I was reading, uh, not the one that's after Prelude, Forward to Foundation. Uh, it's the one before the first book because there's a couple of prequels. And um, I haven't finished that one yet, but there's this scene where um, Selden is kind of like just figuring out uh, with his collaborator, I forgot his name, the other guy who collaborates on uh, the equation with him on psychohistory. And... Uh, and they, they're starting, they just have this framework of like, oh yeah, it could predict kind of mass events. And um, then one day it's, there's this kind of prediction of, I think something is going to happen to the empire, like it's it's going to collapse. And there's this 50-50 probability of it's either going to collapse from the outside in, like the outer worlds are going to slowly crumble and like lose their allegiance maybe with the empire and kind of you have this barbarism from the outside finishing with Trantor in the middle or equal probability it could collapse it could like grow rotten from the center and then spread out to the last vestiges of the galaxy and um i'm just thinking about this because in the show it, it's showing us a little bit of both like what could it be so you know like alex said maybe it was jumping the gun a little bit with showing this kind of big catastrophic event on Trantor in the heart of things but in episode three I feel like you're starting to get that uneasiness of something is going on in the very farthest away planet in Terminus. And so maybe, to me, that's starting to build some tension of what's going to happen on the outskirts of the galaxy and uh, or what, what's happening you know, while we're focused on the outskirts, what might be happening and crumbling on the inside. So it's kind of like, you know, while my focus is here, something else might be happening there. And that builds an interesting tension because I, I can't be in all places at once. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I'm actually really interested to see in general, like as a as a 
like a decision they take for the whole series, how much they're going to lean on action versus the, like sort of like the psychological thriller aspect. Because when you read the books, there's like zero action, right? I mean, it's like there's really hardly any. It's all people talking. It's all right, like right. dialogue driven, like intrigue. It's yeah, all intrigue. So, <laughs> right. At the end of that, exactly. At the end of episode three, right? Now the Anacreon, uh, the forces from Anacreon are coming, right? And there's a big decision about to be made. Rob probably already knows because I think he's seen episode four and five. But are they going to treat it like, is it going to be this very like Star Wars like battle where like the right people come through at the right time and save the day? Or is it going to be this logical uh, way that they solved the problem of being invaded? They didn't like win a battle. They, they, well, they won, you know, they win like a, I, spoiler alert for the books a little bit. They take a much different approach than like we're just going to like stand up to these Anacreonians or whatever. It's, it's, it takes a lot of careful thoughts. I'm really, anxious to see how they play that out in the show or if they just lean on the action totally and not on the psychological part of it. Yeah. Um, Cause that's such a big part of the books, like all the way through. So I don't know how they're going to get Like it's going to really change the, the vibe of what foundation is. If we get like through all these series and like, it just becomes an action shooter thriller and not really leaning on the psychological aspects. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I, I love that you said that because one thing that I've been grappling with is, well, two things. One is Salvor Hardin in the books yeah. is a very different character. Uh, n- not not the gender, but like I think I don't think Salvor Hardin was like a what do you call it? An action oriented like individual. a warden or whatever they yeah. call her. No, a mayor just a, in the book. He's a mayor. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So that like, and I think a lot of what happens in the book is because of his the way he thinks right and it's not as a soldier necessarily salvo is an outlier so that so i I do think that's interesting and the second part i think is also important is i actually don't know if this the show does a good job of explaining the scale of the galaxy or the the galactic empire right it's like yeah it talks about that it's big but like i think the the, what i get from the book it's like it's huge right we're talking about hundreds if not thousands of worlds but we've heard of like four or five and that's about right. it so i don't know if there's it gives you a good scale of what we're talking about here well it's like it's like if you watch the expanse this show foundation doesn't feel any bigger than the expanse mm-hmm. and the expanse is only like mars maybe parts of the saturn and like the solar yeah. it's our solar system um all we've ever known is low g and an atmosphere we can't breathe earthers get to walk outside into the light breeze pure air look up at a blue sky and see something that gives them hope and what do they do they look past that light past that blue sky they see the stars and they think mine what's your point earthers have a home but yeah, I don't think that, you know, they, they implied uh, or they said that, you know, you're going to be on a ship that's not going to have hard or fast light or whatever the hell they were traveling with. Um, and it's going to take you so many years to get across. But I think that like even like the, the regular person who's sitting down to watch a show like this, who's maybe not totally entrenched in sci fi, like maybe the four of us here, uh, maybe they don't understand that that scale like is very different than like going to Mars today. Right. Like you can get to Mars today in, in like six to eight months or however long it takes. 
Um, like if these guys are going near like like speed, but they're not using some sort of you know fantastical hyd- or you know hyperdrive, um, eight years or however many years, that's a long time and that's a mm-hmm. long distance. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Like the scale doesn't seem to be set, and maybe we see that in later episodes about like anytime they need to figure out something with terminus or maybe we anytime they need to go to another planet because there's those two other planets that you guys talked about in the last episode that i completely forgot the names of as well um like where are they in conjunction to that and so it's it'd be interesting to see if they can portray that in a in a smart way that doesn't feel like (laughs) i hate to say it like the last jedi where it's just like two ships moving at the same pace and it's kind of slow and hard to follow yeah and i i do remember uh alex was kind of talking about in the last episode about how they portrayed that spaceship travel and how it did seem like it it did take a long time. But mm-hmm. I think that they could do a better job of explaining the vastness by just showing diversity. Um, you know, I think like Star Wars, for example, um, even though you don't necessarily visit all the planets, you go to like the cantina and you see this wide variety of of crazy different species that you assume are from all over the galaxy. And even if in this universe they're all humanoids, I think we could still have some more scenes that really illustrate, uh, you know, different ways of dress, different, you know, I don't know, facial markings and stuff. Like, I feel like we need a few more uh, moments that just show that the diversity, which would then imply that there are so many planets out there and it's way beyond the solar system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're only on one. We've only been on three planets, right? We've been on Gale's homeworld, Trantor, and now Terminus, mm-hmm. right? And like, and as Mike pointed out before, like the tone of all those places seems the same. It's all dark, <laughs> like dreary, <laughs> drab tone. Um, Even the big city world is still like grayscale and brownscale. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think it'll be, like you said, Rob, interesting to see if they do introduce some diversity. And what I really feel like they need is like uh, some kind of visual device just showing like when they're sometime when they're on Trantor and like the emperors are talking like, here's the here's our whole galaxy on our dominion. You can see Terminus way the hell over there. And you can see all, you know, like you just need that one, like five seconds of seeing it to be like, oh, crap, like this is an enormous place. And this is like somewhere way out there. And yeah, I I, I have a go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. It just when you're talking about like the the empire collapsing from the outside in or like something is rotten, like I think that scale is so important to understand why like a ruling emperor council can't easily fix something at that scale. Or when like at the end of the episode they're like, oh, we'll just call the empire; they'll come rescue us from from this ship that's coming. I'm like, right, yeah, sure, but like if you know the scale, then you'll be like, uh, that's uh, is that likely? I don't know, right. We'll call the Empire and they will come. Well, with like faster than light travel, you know, or fast or almost near light travel, right? Uh, it seems like, oh, yeah, you could just get there in a couple days, right? They, they You lose that sense of scale. But I totally agree. Like uh, being able to see it, even just a simple one-off visual representation yeah. that we can come back to and reference in every article that becomes a thought piece about this series over time would be really nice. Because I feel like as I was reading the books, I had a I had a dramatic picture of the difference in, yeah. in the scale, right? I could picture the galaxy, I could picture the swirl, and I knew that the center of the galaxy or whatever it was it was here. This is Trantor, and I knew that Terminus was on the furthest tip of like the longest wisp off the edge of the galaxy. And I under I could understand that, you know, as someone even just reading a prose book. But I don't think that we've gotten it in the show yet. I just 
we just need the one visual representation. Yeah. I think that'll settle everything. I, I, agreed. Because yeah. that really, that that also kind of sets the context of like their, their uh, I don't know how to say it, their mission of like, yeah, they're out there to like archive all this stuff and plan for the future. And, uh, but really they are like, it's funny that they did have that scene about like, oh, we'll just call it the empire because in the books, I don't remember if that if that scene was in the books, but I remember in the books having this true sense of you are in the wild west, you are on, mm-hmm. no one is going to come help you. You are like right. as far as far can be, and like you, yeah, the you seed vault. figure it out. There's right. the seed vault, like like in the Arctic or whatever that they have. Yeah. They store all these seeds in this really remote place just in case everything else goes to hell. Right. They'll still be the seeds. <laughs> Up there, that's kind of what like terminus is. Yeah, exactly, and so that also to me really impressed this this pressure of surviving and trusting in the plan because the plan is the mm-hmm. only thing they have to get them through this, and they know that they're going to come on hard times. But Selden has planned for it, and they got to follow that in order to survive. Like to me, really, that's like they're so far out on that branch. And it could snap at any moment. The only thing holding on, them holding on to, is is the plan. And I don't yeah. really get that too much from the show. Yeah, I and maybe this is a slight change of topics, but I'm curious. What do you guys think about the little device that shows the equation, or you know, the little cube that they use? <laughs> oh, what is that? Oh, it's 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 a unobtainium. Psychohistory. Like it, we we're we're, <laughs> we're not supposed to understand it. I I think it's I think it looks cool. Um, but otherwise, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of get it as a. I mean, I think it actually does show up as a real thing. I, I think I remember this right in one of the books. Like they do actually mention this thing that has the Selden plan stored in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's in Second Foundation. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember where which one it happens in. But but it's nice mm-hmm. as a visual device because it it looks like this completely unintelligible thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea I think is that there are these like really small group of, uh, you know, psycho historians or I'm getting the word wrong. Psycho. Psycho. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, Psycho historian that like can understand this very particular type of math that just looks like complete Spanish to everybody else. Sure. If you think about what we have now with like programming languages and other ways of like representing machine language, like, Imagine like how far that could evolve. And like, once you have holograms at your disposal, like, you know, you could express different equations as different, like, you know, visual symbols and lines, and it would just be a shorthand for this complex mathematical idea. Just like in coding, you know, basically all the code you read is just uh, a simplified way of ones and of representing ones and zeros. Right. I mean, but no one could write in machine language. So we write in this other language and it converts it automatically to machine language. Abstraction. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is interesting is that like Gail could like look at it and see it all because like <laughs> right. you think like she'd have to be trained in this really specific way. Like, did they have that on her planet? I don't I mean, you kind of just have to like yeah. accept the hand wavium part of that, you know. Well, and end at the end of this episode with uh Salvor understanding it or something, right? Because mm-hmm. they're they, you know, they they spend the whole episode being like, You're special, and I'm just like, Jesus, this is the most tired thing I've ever heard in every <laughs> movie, anything, right? Are you saying the vault was signaling you because you're somehow special? Salvor is an outlier. We need to think whether the plan could have possibly Forget the predicted. Sultan's gone. 
When are any of you going to start thinking for yourselves? Um, but to see it all kind of play out, it's like, oh, no, no, no. This is like just another step in sell in uh, in in the plan, right? That that needs to happen in order for things to there needs to be another person. And I think that that planning on that saying, oh, we can only train these people is kind of simple thinking when it comes to uh, the whole plan as it as it is like the entire future thinking that he uh, uh, Jesus, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Selden was thinking um, that like there's going to be other minds like this. There's going to be more people that can understand this and it's going to be innate to the point of like they don't even need to be trained. They can just read this thing and understand it. And I I think that's how they're going to play this character out. But I don't know. Go ahead. But it would have been a huge betrayal, right? If she could have understood it right away, because like that's like totally not how the books go. Like, sure, uh, sure, sure. The first foundation doesn't understand psychohistory. Like, and yeah. that's by design because otherwise they'd try to mess with it and they'd think mm-hmm. they need to make all mm-hmm. these tinkerings and corrections and whatever. So, all right. Um, I forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was, I was just going to ask, um, that kind of answers my question because I forgot it, but, um, in, in, in the TV show, there's the scene where she's looking at the, you know, her mom, uh, who's the mayor, which by the way, we were talking about how she's not the mayor, but she's a warden, but I, I wonder if she becomes the mayor because her mom was. Anyway, um, she's looking at at the equations floating around, and her mom's like, does this make any sense? Do you see anything? Because, you know, you're special. Can you make anything of it? Me? Oh, not likely. Salva. If you were part of the plan, it would make it a lot easier for me to believe in all this. And then she looks, she kind of like, clicks or sees something maybe and then she's like no i don't and so i was just wondering if um if you think that she does see something in it but she kind of doesn't want to acknowledge it or she wants to hide it and so she says no um or if maybe like alex is saying she really doesn't understand any of it but maybe the next generation will Hmm. i don't know i hope she really didn't understand it because again it would be (laughs) a, a departure that's kind of big from from the book, I mean big. that would be hard to yeah. hard to stomach, um, in, in my opinion. But so far, mm-hmm. there haven't been any of those that I'm like, oh, this is so different. It's not even the same story anymore. That to sure. me would make it a different story, you yeah. know, if the people on the first foundation could understand plan. Yeah. So. want to talk about the 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 visuals that we got in this episode of like how the people settled terminus um was it i think it was episode three that they talked about how they crashed the ship into the planet and it yeah. became like all the various like how they built everything up um and how that vault was just continuously there like before they were there it was there and after they got there it was there um i thought that was a really fascinating way to th- approach how you would go to the ends of the universe or ends of the galaxy and then say, we're not coming back from this. This is forever. And if we can't make it, that's it. Like it's such a bizarre concept to me to see someone intentionally crash a ship into a, uh, a place and then just take everything that they had and then salvage it into what would become your new world. Like, I mean, I love that idea and it makes me excited about sci-fi. I don't know, but it's like that and the cloning thing, the show like hooked me with episode three and I, cause I was falling off with episode two. 
It that that is a really cool visual because I think we're so used to um the like SpaceX sci-fi where we have rockets that can land and take off again. And they do too, sure. but like they are so committed that they decided, you know, we're better off just like beaching this ship and mm-hmm. using it, you know, as like resources. Um, but I did think that was kind of interesting as a parallel to, you know, early exploration where, you know, you've got Columbus or whoever, you know, other colonists like, they're on this big boat and then they're like, all right, we're not going back. <laughs> Let's just beach the ship and we'll live off of what supplies we have left. Um, and that's kind of the, mm-hmm. the vibe that I get here is like we're in such remote territory um, that, yeah, we're just going to repurpose everything. Although it was interesting. I, it's like they abandoned that ship. I would think that they would try and use, I mean, I'm sure they took all the scraps out, but I would think that they would like make houses in there and it looked like, they actually made a little town next to it, but they left the ship itself kind of yeah. abandoned. Just a interesting yeah, choice. I think, I'm that guessing that was intentional. I mean, imagine if you were flying on a ship that had a fusion reactor and you're like, hey, we don't know if this is going to be usable. So let's just, uh, we'll start our, our, our living situation a couple miles east of here, just in mm-hmm. case. <laughs> That's a good point. And it is implied, I guess, in the show, a lot of this like nuclear stuff. But I remember a lot of the vibe that I got from Asimov and probably because at the time of writing, it was all atomics. And in the books, it was like, oh, atomic this and atomic that. And they're like, oh, we had this little <laughs> pocket, you know, atomic reactor. And, you know, we <laughs> right. have like, everything is atomic. And I was like, it's so like, you know, retro Russian kind of like science. Um, uh-huh. And there's just kind of like a funny like flavor that I got from that whole show that to me made it feel dated. Um, but I, it's kind of cool to see, you know, like little elements of that in the TV show too. They can't figure yeah, out why their yeah. cancer rate is like sixty-six percent. They just <laughs> everybody's getting cancer. We have no idea why. <laughs> We're all carrying around miniature reactors in our pockets. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Now, that hey, is interesting how they'll they... develop the technology, right? How they'll translate that in general. Yeah. Um, and if it will change over time. I mean, in the books, you know. Sorry, more spoilers, but like the technology of the books doesn't really change. Well, it doesn't change because the empire fell, right? So we're like right. kind of like there's only what's left. So there's not a lot of technological development. There, there is um, though. There, well, maybe it's just for like a generation or two. But I, I, mm-hmm. I do remember in the books they they mentioned how like they they took what Trantor had and they kind of perfected it and really made things a lot more compact. Um, and then, and then, yeah, when they started trading, which we just saw our first hint of galactic trading on uh, Terminus in this episode, um, but they were really sought after because they had these really compact power sources and like high tech stuff that no one else yeah. could reproduce, um, and they were like the only source for that like high tech stuff. And we'll see how that plays Does out. That with happen the, later the in the books. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. It, it's like the book also doesn't time jump, I think, right? In in that first one, mm-hmm. and then that's when they developed the technology. So it happens like I guess if the series follows the first book, it would happen yeah. towards the end. My my memory might be fuzzy. It probably did have a big time jump. <laughs> yeah, if I yeah. remember correctly, like the various sections of the books were each in themselves a time jump in some capacity. So that as as things move forward, you were seeing different perspectives, but also different times and like getting little updates. I mean. Man, that book series fucking scratches an itch in my head that I just love of like, 
moving so quickly that you can't really fully grasp the picture and then you move to the next thing like I, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. I, I, I got to go back and read them. They're sitting up here. I just got to sit down and read them. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so worried about how, how those TV shows going to handle that. Cause people like to get attached to characters, right? And they like, sure. to, so I'm like wondering like, well, we spent like two episodes, like developing Gail as a character and theoretically she should just be totally gone forever now. Right. Um, same with, I mean, Selden shows back up as a hologram maybe, but like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like how is it going to be this way the whole time? I kind of hope so. Cause that would be true to the books. Like, okay, well every couple episodes we just have like a whole new slate of characters to get to learn and so i maybe i forgot and this i think maybe this might be the last thing we we touch on because we have to wrap up in a little bit um but so on the ship yeah um we jettisoned uh gail right we killed harry and raish uh was the one who did it uh he was still on the ship though right so where is he in this new settlement i don't think i saw him in episode three so many questions about that oh that's a great question oh yeah so many where questions did he get mean, him? what what is his what is his role i mean i'm guessing that he you know, he obviously he threw the knife in with gail so like right. i think that was to make it seem like maybe she did it and then escaped totally um but yeah i don't know if they'll ever resolve that or if they'll just leave it uh... hanging I'm a fan of just leaving it hanging because like that's uh, just the kind of like person I, I like to have that like mystery about like, like, oh, is this going to come back later? Was that a, was that like a diversion from the plan? Like, are we mm. still on track? Because that's how I felt reading the books the whole time. It's like, mm-hmm. it gets to a point where you're like, I don't know if we're on track or off yeah, track. How are we going to recover from anymore? that? Uh, well, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I have so much to say just about that little phrase of like, are we on track? Are we not? Because there's, oh, there's so much to unpack there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know we got to wrap up soon, so I won't. I won't even. I'll open that can of worms. Yeah, there were some some good quotes that I wish I had written down, but <laughs> yeah, some really really good things about like the plan. A lot of analogies to religion and and stuff like that. Um, and maybe we can pick that up next time. Although the next episode is pretty juicy too. So, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I think it's waking up. You and the other encyclopedists, you've been preparing for some distant crisis. But I think it's here. Now. Um, yeah, any uh, final thoughts from, from you, Lowell? Any, any little nugget you wanted to uh, touch on? I, the one thing that kept popping in my head as you guys were talking was the, the cryosleep thing that they mentioned in this episode. I think they already did also did it in the first or second one, mm-hmm. but the that friend of um, Salvor Hardens that showed up like the scavenger or whatever he does, trader, um, yeah. he's trader. Yeah, he said he's seventy years old, um, and that part was like well, that's that's interesting. So mm-hmm. I wonder if I don't I don't know if you guys I don't want to bring another book into this, but like three body problem. I I, I don't think they have cryosleep <sighs> in Foundation. Can but I wonder if there are any elements of that in this. Please oh, invite man. me. They're <laughs> going to dehydrate themselves. <laughs> yeah. do, whenever the threats come, they're just going to dehydrate themselves and then rehydrate. Alex just read yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to read that series so bad. Oh, yeah. I think I could, yeah, just we could talk about different hard sci-fi mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this is a, a great chat. Really gra- glad to have a bigger group, uh, a lot more to kind of bounce around. Um, so yeah, and it's it's open to anyone who can join in next time. 
trying to do like Thursday so I can get it out on Friday. Um, also, if you're listening and you want to tune in uh, live or join us, uh, you can follow the Discord link that I put in each of the episodes. They do expire, so you want to grab the latest link from the latest episode uh, just to kind of reduce spam. But uh, yeah, feel free to join in. Come talk about it with us. Uh, I've had a great time. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks, Rob. See you next week, everybody. This is great. Thanks for having me. Yeah.